0: Well, would you stand, remain standing, if you would, just for a moment. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Hear now God's word. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. This is the word of the living God. You can have a seat. As you can see, we are taking a break just for today from our series in Hebrews 11 to address a topic that is crucial to the health of this church, for any church for that matter. That topic, beloved, is life together. Or in the words of Romans 12, show hospitality. Christians are lonely. Christians are lonely. We are scattered far from one another, often kept busy by our respective vocations and personal interests. And Calvary Redeeming Grace is not immune to this. We're not. I know for some of you, it took everything inside of you to come today to church. Everything you have within you, it took to wake up and be here. In a church that I believe does well at caring for each other. Isolation and loneliness are still present. I suppose they will always be. But if we as your elders and I speak on their behalf. Can urge you to something. It would be to spend life together. To build your life around the local church. What our confession states, the communion of saints. I just have a few minutes with you this morning. Hopefully I can persuade you to increase in something you already do. Our first point is the exposition of hospitality. Our Our second point will be the application of hospitality. We're simply going to cover four basic words in Hebrews 12, 13. Hebrews? Did I just say Hebrews? <laughs> it's a habit now. Romans 12, 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek it. It's a present Active, plural, participle. Which to most of you probably is like, what? What does that mean? It's present, meaning it's ongoing. So it's not something you do just once and, well, I've done that. I'm done with that now. No, it's present. Ongoing activity. Seek. It's present. It's active. It's an active voice, so it's not passive. This is not something that is done unto us by God. This is something you do by divine aid. It's active and it's present. It's ongoing and you seek it actively. Third aspect of seek, it's plural. Which means we all do it. It's not I, but we. We seek to show hospitality. And lastly, it's a participle. Do you remember this word or this um, grammar? Maybe back in fourth or fifth grade, you learned participles. You're like, no way do I remember participles. Participles are usually ending with I-N-G, so seeking... Walking, speaking, those are participles, And this one was without the article, the. So it functions adverbally, so it is our verb, you could say, in this sentence. It's it's calling us to seek uh, something uh, with one another, with vigor, you could say. It means to pursue, to seek after. This word is used in the negative sense to harass, oh, harass one another, to drive out, or to persecute. Sitting in this context, it takes on the positive meaning of seeking aspiring, pursuing. So, the implication of this verse or this word of seek is that you must take initiative. Life together is not going to whack you out of the sky one day. Okay? Sharing life together is something you must do by your own initiative with divine grace. It doesn't just happen second key word show hospitality in the new testament the list of gifts spiritual gifts that is you have a number of spiritual gifts listed in romans chapter 12 first peter 4 hear me hospitality is not one of them I thought it was. It's not. The closest thing we have to those passages is the gift of serving. Romans 12, 6 to 8, 1 Peter 4, 11. And it is a different word than the one used here for hospitality. Hospitality is not a gift. It is a command. Romans 12:13. In other words, hospitality does not fall into the category of if I'm good at it or if I have time for it or if I want to, then I'll do it. Or when I need it. No, 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 no. It's a command. It is not like playing the piano volunteering for the building committee, or organizing a retreat. Practicing hospitality, hear me, is in the same category as loving your neighbor, something all Christians are supposed to do, regardless of their inclinations, gifts, wealth, social status, or past experience. If we are not practicing hospitality, let me put it in the negative, we're not practicing life together in the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We are disobeying. Hospitality does not require fine china. Thank the Lord. Multiple courses or perfectly clean and decorated homes. It requires that you share your time And your life. That's it. Serve leftovers if you like. Now you may think you don't need hospitality. But I guarantee you. The person sitting in front of you. Behind you. On your left. And on your right. Does. Are you going to be there for them? Are you there for them? Today. Second point, application of hospitality, I have four points here. Follow along, if you will. Number one. Practice hospitality consistently. our hospitality needs to be regular we cannot seek hospitality romans 12:13 if we have someone over only in the summer or when the mood strikes us hospitality needs to be part of the fabric of your lifestyle not a special occasion and hear me I'm exhorting you and encouraging in something I believe and the elders believe you already do well, but we need to increase it. When fellowship is regular and consistent, the heart of the believer has a felt sense of Christ's presence. Let me say that again. When hospitality is consistent and regular, the heart of the believer has a felt sense of Christ's presence. Christ dwells with His people. The weight of earthly troubles are lifted for a time in hospitality. The joy of Christian affection is experienced for a time. And the unsettling feeling of being alone is cut off just for a time because of this wondrous gift of hospitality. Maurice Roberts says this. He's the editor or was the editor of Banner of Truth magazine. Quote, I love this quote. Half an hour of fellowship, therefore, when the mind is dejected, will often cause the lifeblood of Christian gladness to flow afresh in our veins. Practice hospitality consistently. Number two, practice hospitality honestly. It is in our hospitality. Our life together. That we express to each other our honest thoughts, which lie hidden in the soul. Did you hear that? It is in our hospitality, our life together that we express our to each other, our honest thoughts, which lie hidden in the soul. Maurice Roberts again, because there is love and mutual confidence, meaning with each other, we take one another's experiences on trust and we neither despise the elementary nor adulate the impressive. Then Robert says this, but we lay all to our heart in one way or each other. Practice hospitality honestly. This is where the Christian life hits the road. When you can, share And enjoy each other's company by divesting what is on your soul. This is a gift from God, which leads me to third. Practice hospitality joyfully. Practice hospitality joyfully. Fellowship between Christians is a gift of God. It is a means of grace. Acts 2.42 They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. The early church devoted themselves that were devoted is actually, you could translate it, addicted. They were addicted to the apostles' teaching, to the Bible, and to the fellowship. They were addicted to each other. I don't know if I have a category in my Christian faith for that. Even if you see Acts 2 as referring to the public gathering of God's people on the Lord's Day, which it may be, it's impossible to deny the blessing and gift of occasional private gatherings, what the psalmist calls the dwelling places of Jacob. Right. The believer's duty, therefore, congregation is to promote true fellowship by all the means open to him or her in this life. Add to this that we are spiritual exiles. First Peter one sojourners. First Peter two eleven. We probably don't realize just how much we need spiritual and edifying fellowship among us. Psalm 133, 1 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Verse 3, It is like the dew of Hermon. And if you were there on the Middle East and seeing that dew of Hermon, ha, what good sight that would have been. The dew of Hermon falls on Mount Zion. There the Lord has commanded the blessing. What's the blessing? Life forevermore. So when we dwell publicly and privately in unity and love, God creates a, a life among us that is sweet and pleasant, such that he says this is life forevermore right here as you dwell with each other. Four. Practice hospitality prayerfully. Practice hospitality prayerfully. Pray when you practice hospitality. And I don't just mean before, but during. Sports, politics, economics have their place in conversations occasionally but they are not the stuff of Christian fellowship. Seek therefore, beloved, to pray. And what is prayer? Don't you love the confession, the Catechism, question 38? What is prayer? Prayer is pouring out the heart to God. That's what we do when we pray. That's what we do when we gather with one another in our homes. We pour out our soul to the living God with one another. You can do this alone, of course, but there is something life-giving, something freeing when done in the company of your brothers and sisters. Wilhelmus Albraco, 17th century Dutch theologian, describes our prayers this way. Hear this. The soul who thus beholds Jesus will share with her beloved the frame of her heart, her love, her grief, she will bring all her needs to him, reveal her, her desires to him, make supplication to him, plead affectionately with him, and beg of him sweetly for the fulfillment of her desire. We pour out our souls when we gather together. So I could in the sermon right there. Go out and practice hospitality. And that's what we've done over the course of the life of this church. We're not going to do that today. Here is what your elders are urging for the health of this church. Let me just, before I say this, I don't fear that this church is going to wander into uh, false doctrine. Obviously, it's uh, it's always a threat. My concern, what keeps me up at night, is our love for each other, our fellowship with one another. I love this church. I love this church. The way you guys care and the way you guys encourage and exhort one another to live life together fuels my soul. But I know there are those in this room that are lonely. So your elders are urging for the health of this church, what we're calling hospitality groups. And we're not programmatic people here, are we? No, you're like, no, not at all. What are you doing now then? We are urging hospitality groups. Here's five features of these groups we are asking of you, okay? The first feature of these groups, the content. It's very simple. We're asking you to meet, eat. You should always eat food together. And pray. Meet. Eat. Pray. These are not Zoom groups. These are not Zoom calls. You will meet together in person. You will eat leftovers if you have to. And you will pray. These are not Bible studies. These are not book studies. This is for fellowship And for prayer. We seek to complement the men's and women's groups already starting. We are urging you to walk through life together. That's the content. All right? Second feature. Frequency. No more than once a week. No less than twice a month. No more than once a week you have a life. I get it. No less than twice a month. And I realize you're busy. Demands from work, sports, homework for kids, recreation. I get it. (laughs) My kids go to ACA. I get the homework. All right. I get life is busy. Charles Spurgeon said The church is the dearest place on earth chosen by God the Father purchased by Christ the Son empowered by God the Spirit the church should be cherished and recognized as dear by all who call her home do life together Build your life around the local church. Third feature group size. Four to ten adults, and as always, kids are welcome. Four to ten adults, kids are welcome. If you're already doing this, just add more people and make a bigger salad. All right? Add more people. Make a bigger salad. Communication. Once a group is established, by the way, the elders are not putting you into groups. You are doing this on your own. You're doing this on your own. You're finding people and you're asking them, when are we getting together? When are we praying? When are we eating food? When can we pour out our souls together before the living God and share life together? Because we need it. The elders are not putting you into groups. You're doing it on your own. Once your group is established, please email Robert Tunstall. And whoever is not in a group, we will find you one. Timeline. Begin forming groups today (laughs) and start meeting. And start meeting. I'm just about done. When I was a new Christian at 20 years old, and perhaps this is why this topic is so near to me, um, I had no idea what it was to be a Christian. I didn't know what to believe, what to do. I had no idea. I was, my life was a mess. And I met a man, who we still I still talk to today. Jason Pederson. He's a minister in the PCA. We lived together for two years, and Jamie can attest. How profound those years were to me on my life. The fellowship and the friendship that Jason and I had together. You cannot put a price tag on it. You can't put a price tag on it. A second thing I want to share God has received us as his people. Invited us to share in the fellowship of the triune God who does not need us. And we're asking you, we're pleading, we're urging you to live life together. To devote yourself to each other. To seek God on behalf of each other. And to enjoy each other in the Lord. I pray this is somewhat of a new beginning in our church. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the gift of hospitality. And we thank you for this church. Our Father, you sent your Son to die for this church. And we ask that we would lay down our lives, whatever that means for us, in our respective vocations, in our respective living, to glorify You and all that You are, together as one people of God. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.